There is so much to love about life. Um, and I especially enjoy life when everything is working right. You know, when everything is going smoothly. <laughs> Man, I am loving life. I just find that that doesn't happen very often, at least not nearly as often as I would like for it to. Um, just for instance, have you ever happened to drop your credit card between the car seat and the console? If you happen to ever buy a Nissan Altima, you almost have to remove the entire seat out of the car to get your credit card back. So just be forewarned. I mean, do you ever find yourself just asking the question, why does life have to be so hard? Uh, John Maxwell, leadership guru, said, everything worthwhile in life is uphill all the way. <laughs> and I really think that that is true. It really is. Life is hard. Um, marriage is hard. School is hard. Raising kids is hard. Work is hard. Relationships are hard. Staying fit is hard. And, and even a lot of times the, the simple things, even, even the little things, the, just the mundane things of life, so often seem to be more difficult than they should be. You guys remember the Staples Easy Button? Anybody remember the Staples Easy Button? There it is. Um, and that was marketing genius right there. Um, if only everything in life came with one of those. Uh, if, if only starting a new church came with an easy button. If only, um, you know, your marriage came with an easy button. If only those extended family relationships came with an easy button. I mean, I would pay big bucks for that, wouldn't you? But unfortunately, life just doesn't work that way, does it? In fact, Solomon uh, reflected on that himself and as he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. He said this in Ecclesiastes 2. He said, What do people get for all the toil and anxious striving with which they labor under the sun? All their days their work is grief and pain. Even at night their minds do not rest. This too is meaningless. Seems like the only thing that really comes easy in life is forgetting what's most important. And that's why we're doing this series called Things I Forget. And so far we have talked about how we tend to forget that we have a soul that needs tending. We tend to forget that we don't have to prove our worth. And we tend to forget that we need to pursue character before accomplishment. And so the, that's where we've been the last three weeks. But today, I just want to reflect on how the, the stress and the strain of life tends to put us in places where we're, we're facing challenges. And, and when things are hard, we tend to forget that there is a sense in which hard things are good and good things are hard. I wonder if you believe that just kind of right off the bat. And Tiffany kind of gave you a little bit of uh, some ref time to reflect on that idea. I, I know that the Apostle Paul believed that. Uh, and this was a man who had been through harder things than most. This was a, a man who had been wrongfully imprisoned, who, who had been flogged, who had been beaten, 
who had been stoned almost to death, who had, and that's not with marijuana, and, and who had been shipwrecked, who had been mugged, who, who had been thrown out of town more than once. I mean, you can read a partial list of all the stuff that he had been through in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. But this is a guy who'd been through some stuff. And yet, he said this in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Some of you may know this verse. It's one of the more well-known verses of Scripture. He said, and we know that in what things? In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. All right, how many of you know that verse? You've heard that verse before. That's one of those verses we tend to hold on to. But I want you to, to notice here, and by the way, if you have a Bible or a Bible app, go ahead and go to Romans 8, because we're going to be looking at several things that Paul said in this chapter. But here in this verse, I want you to notice that the promise is not that everything in life will be good. Okay, that's not what he says. He doesn't say everything in life will be good. The promise is that God is always working behind the scenes for our good. So he's doing that all the time, in the good times as well as the bad times, and, and all those things that are hard about life. Now, I think it's important to point out here when you look at a verse like that, that not everything that happens was planned by God as part of some greater good. I really don't believe that that's the way the world works. God gives people free will. And with our free will, we make choices. And some of those choices are not good choices. Some of the choices we make are, are bad choices. And so those bad choices lead to consequences that we then have to face. Um, and it may not only be our choices, it may be the choices of others. Sometimes there are painful things that happen in our lives that we really had no control over whatsoever. And, and some of those things, you look at them and it's impossible to really see anything good about them, right? Some of those things, you would be foolish to say that what happened was good. But many hard things actually are good in the sense that God can do something with them, that God can actually work with those things, that God can actually redeem even our crises, even the trauma that we go through. And that's a really, really hopeful thought, I think. So think about life um, like a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle. I don't know if any of you guys like to do puzzles or not. It's kind of an old-school kind of way of passing some time. But if you think about a jigsaw puzzle, you know, it, when you first dump that box of pieces out on the table and you start sorting through them, you know, some of the pieces are, are pretty, right? Some of them have pretty colors, bright colors. Some of them have interesting patterns and lines on them, whereas other pieces are, are just dark. You know, they're, they're, they're dark and they're, and they're dingy and there's nothing that's really particularly attractive about them at all. But when somebody with skill puts all the pieces together, then those dark, ugly pieces are just part of a much bigger, beautiful picture. And I really think that's the idea that Paul is getting at here in Romans 8.28. 
He is wanting us to anticipate the bigger picture that God can form with our lives, even through the hard things. Now, when Paul says that God works all things for the good, we need to understand what the good is, right? We need to understand what does it mean that he's working for the good? Because I think when we think about good and the good that we want, usually we think about things like comfort, right? Pleasure. Um, we think about things like um, easy, right? Easy is good, uh, like the easy button we were talking about earlier. We think about happiness and, and things like that. But God, when he thinks about what is good, he thinks about something that's deeper than that. He thinks about something that's, that's much deeper, much, much more lasting than those kinds of things. And, and there are really several types of good that I, I think that God works through hard things that I want to talk about here this morning and, and get you to think about. All right. So what kind of good can God bring through hard things? Well, first of all, remember the good that God can do in you. In you. All right. So in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, he says that God is working all things for the good for whom? Is it, is it just for anybody? He actually doesn't say that, does he? He doesn't say God is working for the good for everyone. He actually narrows the promise down to a specific category of people. And that category is those who love him and those who are called to his purpose for their life. And so the question is, well, what is his purpose, right? What is his purpose for my life and your life? And, and, and we're not talking about something real specific here, but more generally, what is his purpose for all of us, in other words? Well, in verse 29, the very next verse, he gives us the answer to that question. What's his purpose? For those God foreknew, because God stands outside of time, God sees all of time at once. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to what? The image of his son, right? The image of his son, that he might, Jesus might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, okay? So that's his purpose, the good that God is always working in our lives through good times, through bad times, through ups, through downs, and particularly when life is hard, is the, the character. He is wanting to form us to be more like Christ in our character. And, and that's really, really important, that God actually allows hard things to happen in our life in order to forge and form and shape our character. And last week, we talked about the importance about, of focusing on our character and not just what we're accomplishing. And so this is one of the ways God does that. If you haven't already noticed, you will notice as you go through life that the most caring, the most empathetic people that you'll ever meet are people who themselves have suffered through some really hard things, right? As you go through life, the strongest people that you'll ever meet are people who went through things in their life where they felt like they were trying to walk into a hurricane force wind, and yet they pushed through that. The, the most courageous people you're ever going to meet in your life are people who stared down real threats and were terrified, but refused to let their fear paralyze them. 
So you see, the, the qualities that we admire most in people are generally formed only through the pressure of hard things. And so this is one of the ways that, that God works. And, and when you want to talk about maybe a biblical example of that, for me, the, the first person that comes to mind is Joseph. And you can read the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis, beginning in chapter 37. But Joseph, here he is, the, the spoiled favorite son of Jacob. And he had kind of this really annoying way of rubbing that in his brother's faces. And, and so Joseph um, actually is kind of on easy street, really, up until the point that his brothers throw him into a pit and sell him as a slave. Now things aren't actually going so well for, for Joseph. And then as he's a slave, you may know the story how his master's wife falsely accuses him of rape. He gets thrown in prison where he sits for several years in this Egyptian prison. None of this is good, right? You look at what's happening, the, the, the turn of events in his life, and you got to say, man, this is bad stuff that's happening to Joseph. He's going through some hard things, right? And yet there's this phrase that occurs several times in the story of Joseph, and the phrase is this, the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph in the pit, he was with Joseph when he was a slave. He was with Joseph when he was in prison. See, God was doing something. He was using all that adversity that was happening in, in Joseph's life to actually form and refine his character. And, and through all that, I mean, really, Joseph's leadership, he, he was a born leader. And yet his leadership would have been hampered greatly by his sense of entitlement, by his cockiness. But, but God used these hard things in Joseph's life to, to form some incredibly valuable qualities in him. Humility, empathy, things that would serve him extremely well in his life. But I want you to notice that the growth came for Joseph through those hard things because as he was going through them, he actually leaned into God in the midst of them. Instead of running away from God, instead of turning his back on God, instead of writing God off, saying God's just not taking care of me. See, God, God must not even be real because I'm going through all these hard things and just rejecting God, which wouldn't have done anything good for Joseph. Instead, he chose to lean into God. And see, you and I, we can make that same choice, right? We can choose when we're going through hard things to lean into God instead of turning away from God. And the beautiful thing is that the more we do that, the more we lean into God, the more good he can do within us through what we're going through. So in hard things, remember the good that God can do in you. But also remember the good that God can do for you. See, there's good that God can do for you in the middle of hard things. Sometimes the difficult things that we go through in life are actually leading us to a better place, actually to better circumstances. Joseph, for instance, he was in prison for a while, for, for those years that he sat there unjustly, I remind you. And, and it must have felt to him like, man, the bad breaks are just never going to end for me. But then out of the blue, what happens? God uses somebody that he met there in prison, 
a fellow inmate, someone who was one of Pharaoh's most trusted servants, to actually help Joseph. And Joseph ends up going from the prison to the palace, right? <laughs> Second in command. Talk about rags to riches. Joseph went from convict to commander. But listen, there, there is no way that Joseph would have ended up ruling in Egypt had it not been for the earlier path that his life took, right? For the hard path that his life took. That was the only way for Joseph to get where he ended up, was to go through those things. God also blessed Joseph with a wife and later two sons. And in Genesis chapter 41, it says that Joseph named his firstborn son Manasseh, which means to forget. And he said, it's because God has made me forget what? All my trouble. God has made me forget all my trouble and, and all my father's household. The second son, he named Ephraim, which means twice fruitful, and said, it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering, right? My suffering in hard things. God is sometimes redirecting the trajectory of our lives to something better. See, losing a job, man, that's, that's a hard thing, isn't it? Nobody wants to lose their job. That's, that's, that's a, a painful thing to go through. But sometimes our job is sucking the life out of us. And maybe we've just kind of kept at that job because we're good soldiers and because we value stability. And so we've just kind of hung in there and kept doing the job. You know, sometimes maybe losing a job like that is actually a gift. Maybe God is actually giving you an opportunity, giving you a nudge to actually kind of go back and rediscover your true heart and who you really are and what your passions are and to give you the opportunity to, to maybe find a job or a career that, that enables you to live out of a much truer space for yourself. That's what happened with my wife, Michelle. When we moved here from Illinois to, to North Carolina uh, a little over five years ago, she wasn't able to find a job here in her field, which was social work. And she kept looking and applying and looking and applying and getting no responses. Nobody was even interviewing her. And, and it was really discouraging to her. She just couldn't understand. Why is nobody interested in, in me? And she had done a great job of that for many years in Illinois, had, a great, had great references, but nobody was even giving her a, a look. And she just couldn't understand why. And, and then she ended up having to take a job that she didn't even want just to make some money to keep us afloat. And she really didn't enjoy that job at all. And it was hard. And she did it for a while. And she didn't, she didn't enjoy it. She dreaded going to work in the morning, but she did. But all of that led her to where she is now, eventually discovering what she really wanted to do. And who would have known that Michelle was created, for one thing, to be a wedding planner. And she is absolutely flourishing in her new career. Sometimes hard things lead to better things. Sometimes that painful breakup you just went through that you think you'll never recover from is actually going to lead you to finding the true love of your life. Sometimes the offer that you put in on the house didn't get accepted because there's a better situation that's going to come up in a few months or next year. 
And, and, and so I know it's hard to see that in the moment, isn't it? It's so hard to, to remember in those moments that God is actually good. But listen to what Paul writes in Romans 8 in verse 32. He says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us what? Come on. Come on, let me hear you. Give me all things. There you go. All right. Help me out. Give me all things. So now listen, this is not a guarantee that, that God is going to give us everything we want. Okay? This is not like a blank check. But the fact that God gave the life of his son for us is, is proof. It's undisputable proof that God's heart is totally for us. Right? He's for us. And that he wants what is truly good for our lives. Sometimes the things we want may seem good to us, but God knows better. So, in the hard times, remember the good that God can do in you. And the good that God can do for you. But there's actually more. Remember also the good that God can do through you. Now, I don't know that anybody wants to sign up for hard things. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to sign up for hard things. But there are times that the struggle, that the, the pain that we go through is actually opening up the way for us to have the opportunity to be a help and an encouragement to somebody else. Really, we get the chance to touch a life. Maybe you touch many lives because of what we've been through. See, God worked through Joseph when he was a slave. Remember how that, how that everything that Joseph did for his master was just, he was knocking it out of the park. Everything he did flourished. So God was blessing that household. He blessed Joseph's master through Joseph's work. And then when Joseph gets thrown in prison, what happens? God uses Joseph again to help somebody. This time, those two guys that uh, I mentioned a moment ago, those two servants of Pharaoh, he was able to share his hope in God and the living God with them. He was able to, to open their eyes to the fact that this God is actually able to save them. He's actually able to turn things around. And through all of that, God took Joseph from the palace, I mean, rather from the prison to the palace, where, where Joseph was able to do things that he never dreamed possible. God used Joseph in the palace to save his family from starvation. And not only his own family, but tens of thousands of other families. God used Joseph to, to bring reconciliation with his brothers. He used Joseph to to preserve the bloodline of Abraham through which God would bring the promised Messiah. See, God did all kinds of amazing things through Joseph that were all directly tied to the hardship that he went through, the hard things that he was experiencing. And as Joseph looked back on it, he said to his brothers in Genesis 50, verse 20, he said, you intended to harm me but God intended it for what? For good. God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And I know you might read that and you think, yeah, but that was Joseph. That was some guy in the Bible. 
I was some, you know, superhero of the faith kind of guy. I mean, how, how is God going to use me in some kind of significant way? But listen, what, what are your hurts? What, what are the painful places in your life? Or what have they been? Who else is going through something like you're going through or something you went through? Go to that person, like reach out, you know, just have coffee, have lunch, find out how they're doing, just be open. And, and maybe God would use you to speak just something to them that, that would make all the difference in the world. Maybe it's just that you understand, whereas other people don't because they, they haven't been through it. Just know that God will use you. Um, having been through the pain of losing a spouse 12 years ago, um, man, I, that's nothing I would ever wish on anyone. But it has opened up the opportunity for me to, to minister to people in ways that I never could have prior to that happening to me. I've been able to walk alongside people going through similar ordeals with a lot more understanding, with a lot more empathy than I ever would have had. And God will use you. So in the hard things that you, that you find yourself facing in life, remember, remember the good that God can do in you. Remember the, God, the good that God can do for you. Remember the good that God can do through you. But that's not even all. There's one other thing I want to point out today. Remember the good that God can do in eternity. It's so important that we don't forget that this life isn't all there is. Amen? <laughs> and, and Paul talks about that here in verse 30 of Romans 8 when he says, Those that God predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Right? He glorified and that's so very important to, to, to listen and hear that word because what it's telling us is that in all the struggles that we go through in this life, it's so easy for us to lose sight of the fact that God is actually going to share his heavenly glory with us. I mean, that's just, that is mind-blowing when you really think about that, what that means that he's going to share his glory with me? Everything that God purposed through the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus is going to be given to us. It's all going to be ours one day, and it's going to be ours for eternity. And everything that is fractured about this world, this fallen planet, is going to be healed. It's going to be restored in fact, Paul talks about that too, just a few verses earlier in verse 18. He says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the, the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. In verse 22, he says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning I love the imagery there. The whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. See, I feel that groaning. Do you? I feel that groaning every time I ask the question, why does life have to be so hard? 
but it's not going to be this way forever. Paul's telling us here that God is actually birthing something incredible out of this fallen planet. And it just is just on the horizon. It's, it's, it's right there. It's coming, maybe even closer than you think. And, and I love how Paul compares the hard things that happen to us in this life to labor pains. Not that I would know much about labor pains firsthand, but I've watched them and I kind of get the idea that they're pretty severe. But what's different about labor pains than other kinds of pain is that a woman who's going through labor pains, at least she knows that this pain is productive pain. Like, it's not the kind of pain that you feel when something's going wrong. It's the kind of pain you feel when something amazing is, is on the way. And, and a woman, yeah, she's hurting. And she wants that pain to be over, but she can somehow get through that because she is anticipating holding her newborn baby in her arms. And, and that's what Paul is, is comparing here to, to our experience. He's saying that through the pain of our lives, through everything that's hard about the human experience, he, he, he says something awesome is being birthed by God something that only God can do, something that only God can bring. So he's saying, hey guys, anticipate that. Look forward to it. Remember it's coming. The hard things that we've been through, the pain that we've felt, they're only going to add to our enjoyment of what God has in store for us. It's, it's only going to make what God is bringing that much sweeter. Does life really have to be so hard? Apparently so. But we've got to remember that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who are called to his purpose. The good that he does in us, for us, through us, and the good that he's going to do in eternity. So as a next step, something that all of us can do, is to ask God to do something good in what you're going through. Or maybe something you've been through that is, is still a part of your story and, and still a part of kind of who you are. Whether it's present or past pain, ask God to do something good through it. Because when we forget that good can come through hard things, we get down don't we? We get discouraged. We want to quit. And when we start quitting, when we start shutting down, when we don't lean into the hard things, we end up missing out on a lot of good things that God wanted to do through whatever that was. So let me close with this story. Alex Smith was the first overall pick in the 2005 NFL draft. And man, were the expectations sky high that he would turn around this very lackluster San Francisco 49ers team that drafted him. But for the first several years of his career, he, he really kind of struggled. And in fact, by year six, the, the label first round bust had already kind of stuck to Alex Smith. Now, he, he did end up having one kind of breakthrough year where he was able to, to, to lead his team to the NFC Championship game. 
only to lose his starting position permanently the very next season when he got injured and his backup ended up taking him to the Super Bowl and winning it. So, you know, as if things weren't already not going very well for Alex Smith in his career in 2018, now uh, a member of the Kansas City Chiefs, he was hit in a game and absolutely shattered his leg. And the doctors didn't know if he would ever walk again, much less play football again. And he went through uh, a total of 17 different surgeries to try to repair his injured leg. And, and along the way, due to a secondary infection that came at one point, he developed a severe case of sepsis. And they weren't even sure he was gonna live through this thing. And in a speech uh, that he, he made later, he recalled so many dark moments during that time. He said, I was sitting in a wheelchair wondering, had the life I had known changed forever? Anger, pity, self-doubt, why me? These were feelings he said I had at certain points throughout my career, but this time it wasn't about football, it was much bigger. It was about me being a father and playing with my children, a husband to go on walks with my wife, me getting my life back. And Smith went through all of these surgeries and, and, and all of that, that work that he did rehabbing for two full years before finally stepping back onto the football field for the first time in 2020, this time as the starting quarterback for the Washington Redskins. And he, he said 728 days. It had been 728 days of, of small steps and major setbacks. 728 days of, of physical therapy, 728 days where many of those nights he was barely able to sleep. Two years away from the game, he took Washington from the basement of the division to division champs that year. And it was one of his best years. It was his best year as, as, a, as a pro. And everybody around the country was pulling for him. Like, no matter, even us Cowboys fans, we were cheering for Washington's quarterback because it was such a heroic story. And, and because everybody wanted to see this comeback happen. And, and so instead of being the first round bust, he's now the guy that everybody's, he, everybody's in his corner. And at the end of that season, he was awarded the NFL Comeback Player of the Year Award. And so here's a man who, whose legacy might have always been first-round bust, who created a different legacy through something hard that happened to him that was outside of his control, and instead became someone that's admired as a hero, as, as a fighter, as, as a role model. And he did all of that through the worst of times. And Alex Smith's story is just one of so many stories that we could talk about that, that show us the truth, that, that in surprising ways, hard things are good and good things are hard. And, and through them, we can experience breakthroughs. We can experience growth. 
Sometimes we can experience blessings that are of the deepest kind that God wants to give. In his acceptance speech after winning the Comeback Player of the Year award, Alex Smith had a message for anyone going through something difficult. He said, to anyone out there going through hard times, know that better days lie ahead. Embrace all that life has to offer. There are no ups without the downs. Honor every single day and remember, just live. 